Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned. This podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern variety. So plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice you can make. Don't say we didn't warn you. Brandon, did you see the outline? I did see the outline. Okay. Yes. I chose to ignore it. That's fine. (laughs) We do that most of the time ourselves. Most of our guests do. We're not offended. Yeah. It's okay. No. Well, it's, mostly because yeah. of the the Henry comment on there. Oh. But, but, <laughs> but uh, I put a smiley face so that you know I wasn't like super serious. She's well, a little bit serious though, just like a little. Where do you be throwing stuff at me? Like I'm like I don't I don't know this rhetorical term, which is why you're you're upset about this. I know these rhetorical terms, but you know I don't know why I don't know the philosophy behind this and you're probably going to win on most of these things. No. But again, no. I have a different connection to how from oh. being on the inside of how. That you, sounded so mm. bad. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what she said. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show. We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock, and together we are Hamlet. And this week we are joined by actor Brandon Carter to talk about yeah, playing yeah. Hal or Henry V or Harry the King or whatever you want to call him over the whole three whole plays. Hal. Great. Hal. I prefer dick bag, but. I didn't Ouch. ask you, doctor. <laughs> How about that? Okay, fair. Very fair. Fair, fair. enough. Ooh, now this episode's gonna be. It's this. This episode's gonna be yeah, spicy. Yeah. I'm really into it. Oh, okay, it's gonna be great. Gonna be, yeah. Um. So each week, uh, on this here little podcast that we have, uh, we discuss a different play. Sometimes it's Shakespeare. Sometimes it's not. Uh, this week it is Shakespeare, and it's also a 201 level episode. And it's also like a three-in-one kind of sitch. A a three-in-one kind of a sitch because we don't want to spend three different episodes talking about how, how, how all the, well, all of the Henry four and fives. And when we, when Aubrey says we don't, what she really means is Dr. Jess Hamlet. I'm being kind. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) but a 201 level episode means that we go narrow and deep on a couple of topics relating to the play. Today, we just have like one ish topic, but three whole plays to talk about if we want. So you can count the, for folks that are keeping track, um, because I know you are, you can count this as your one Henry four 201, your two Henry four 201, and your Henry five 201, because that's kind of what we're all doing because this guy has played them all um and without further ado carter go ahead and introduce yourself hi i'm brandon carter anything else friend <laughs> oh uh yeah i am uh <laughs> want to say anything else about yourself about your life about your career you know who the fuck i am <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just want people to know the person today mm. and you know, I, you know maybe not about my credentials and Uh-oh. I'm partly joking and I'm partly not but okay. I will give you a brief introduction about me. I'm Please from Heathsville, Virginia um, like the Heath Bar, one of my favorite candy bars on earth and um, uh, that place is called the Northern Neck of Virginia um, uh, you know in Northumberland County and it's not to be confused 
with Northern Virginia ever, the Northern Neck of Virginia, best place on earth. To know the distinction, it it must be. It must be distinguished because most places say Northern Virginia, and that upsets me. There's a lot of things that's going to upset me today. Just just letting (laughs) we've we've been warned. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, but um, I'm a resident actor at the American Shakespeare Center. I've been here since uh, 2018, and um, I uh, have recently become uh, part of the artistic leadership here as well. Um, and uh, there's an ellipses there for you all. Um, and I went to Penn State for my master's degree in f- my master's, of, it's sitting above me, my master's of fine arts mm-hmm. and in acting. And uh, I know how to speak very well and act plays and scenes and things. And my undergrad, don't, don't make those faces at me. And I <laughs> and, uh, got my undergrad from uh, Longwood University uh, in Farmville, Virginia, uh, where I got my BA in organizational and strategic communication and theater. <laughs> yeah, raise the eyebrows. Okay. I I always I always say like American Shakespeare Center. I always like wanted to be here. I, you know, I was a kid three hours away. I could never afford to come out here. And um, I saw a picture of John Harrell and Renee Thornton on a brochure, and that was sort of my advertisement. I was like, that's kind of cool. I want to do that. And it's always been in the back of my mind as a theater kid. And well, back then I was like a theater kid, and I wanted to be a fisherman. Like my 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 the 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 men quote unquote the men in my family i went on the fish I, i'll veer off for a second but i i was a fourth generation commercial fisherman um in that place that's so cool yeah in in that place called heathsville virginia like the heath bar and um i you know decided like at a pretty early age that i didn't want to do that um but it was that was my destiny was to be a captain on a fish boat so um my great grandfather was a cook on the boat my grandfather was a captain on the boat. My dad was a mate and my dad and my grandfather were on the same boat for a while. And both of them got hurt by a back injury. And I, I wasn't able to fish with them, but I went like years later, maybe 15, 20 years later um, and decided I wanted to be an actor. And then that propelled me to go to grad school and do the New York thing all the while with ASC on my mind. And I auditioned for them. See how I tied it back? See, see, see what I did there? <laughs> Um, you did but, say that you talk real good, so well, you know, you did I, tell us. I have a degree that says so. You know, I yeah. at least I, I'm not surprised at all that you brought it all back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I I auditioned here a couple times, and um, then I had to come back home. Uh, I said I was going to come back home uh, when the time was right because I I really have an investment in the Virginia art scene, so I really didn't like the way they treated actors and actors of color in particular. Um, and I wanted to change that with a master's degree. And um, the time wasn't the right time, but my, my grandparents who raised me weren't doing well. So um, my, you know, we had that happen, my grandparents passed. And um, over the course of my grandfather passed, taking care of my grandmother, and then uh, a year later, my grandmother passed because you know, they were very close. And um, I was home in Virginia, so I, <laughs> I reached out to, you know, um, the ASC and the time was right. We were sort of in a, in a transitional period and I was able to come in and I've been here ever since. Um, so I'm in my dream here at the American Shakespeare Center, um, which, is what I, which is what I say. I'm a lucky guy and I, I don't, um, you know, I don't take that lightly. Like I, I like there's like I'm, 
I'm blessed with however, whoever, whatever that means to people. And um, I try to make sure that I like pass it back to whoever, like give the the same opportunities that folks gave to me. Like, you know, I feel like I, I think about like gaming culture and like, it's like, just give me the codes. Like we can all have a good time here. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you give me the codes, we can all have a great experience. You don't have to have all the, all the keys to everything. And it's like, um, cause I used to play, sorry, I used to play, uh, Nintendo 64 with my cousin a lot. And, you know, we, you know, we would just battle and he would always have these specific codes to beat my ass. And I was like, just give me the code so I can do the same move and we can just enjoy this for hours at a, a time. Fair fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair fight. Mm-hmm. So again, I try to pass the codes when I get them. And I think that's the point is opening the door. And um, that's where I am. That's a a small brief introduction. If anybody who's listening to this or on this panel wants to have a drink with me, we can talk about this at another time. But that's (laughs) that's my my little. Always want to have a drink with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's great. Okay. So now we're moving on to our happy hour. Uh, this is where we talk about briefly about stuff that we like. So, but I, the thing that I'm loving this week, because I'm kind of deep in it at work anyway, is this whole idea of distributed leadership. Um, and now that I've been reading up on it, like it's a thing that people do. It's uh, the more lateral version of like cooperative, collaborative leadership in organizations. And the Hewlett Foundation has done a ton of research and case studies on this from like 2016 through now, including some theater organizations like Cal Shakes. Uh, So like it's given me hope that it can work for ASC because that is kind of the road we're headed down. Um, So I'm going to put, that's my link is the um, case studies in distributed leadership from the Hewlett Foundation. Jess, what about you? So mine is a a show on Netflix. It's called Bonding. Um, I don't think it's particularly new, but it is new to me. Uh, my my hot neighbor turned me onto it because mm. um, my my hot neighbor and I've been hanging Ooh. out. Uh, yeah. you know, yes, he's a he's a sexy man. Um, anyway, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's uh it's it's like nominally about sex work and uh, dominatrixing, but as with most uh, things about like sex and interpersonal relationships, it's really about interpersonal relationships um more more than like here here's how to tie someone up right like it's not it's not like a how-to manual for dominatrixine um but it's really it's funny and it's sweet and it's got a lot of heart um and i was just delighted by it it's two seasons and the episodes are like 20 minutes each and i think we went through the whole thing in about two days (laughs) but the like the main girl is doming to get her way through grad school, which like hashtag relatable. Not that I was a dom to get through grad school because I wasn't, but we do know someone who will do that. We do. We know lots of people, <laughs> frankly, who did that. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, it's just, I think it's really sweet. It's really sweet and really fun. And, um, you know, it, check it out. Well, like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, now I'm like, I need, I need to look at bonding and, and this Hewlett.org, you know, mm-hmm. case I did send you those links. Leadership. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, well, I, I just like gardening right now. And, and, you know, <laughs> I, I really That's okay. like, yeah, it's, it's okay. okay. You're among yeah. friends. We love yeah. to garden. We, yeah, it's true. I, you know, it's true. yeah, I'm just like, sort of, 
you know, my most of my day is filled with all of this this stuff and conversations that, you know, you know, or, or things that keep us in the conversation in theater, which is, you know, there's a whole initiative right now about, you know, and movement that all of us are aware of that 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 put this at the forefront every day. So I'm like, I just, you know, COVID sort of made me focus on like the things you know, that, that I, that I thought I did. I mean, when I grew up in that place called Heathsville, like the Heath bar, see how I just bring it back. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just making sure people know what this is. I'm putting, I'm putting Heathsville on the, on the spot on, on the that's map. Great. We may um, or may not have listeners from there. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I've gotten back in, uh, me and my wife, Kelly have gotten back into gardening. Um, we had our victory garden over COVID and, um, we, I'm I'm the pepper guy, so I love all sorts of varieties of peppers. Um, the Snow White Chili, uh, which is an is an habanero strain. It's a small, little, uh, translucent white pepper that will knock it's your socks off. It's translucent. It's like when it when it starts to mature, it's it's like it's translucent, and then it gets to a cream white. What's Snow White this? Chili. Um, but they're, they're so great and they're, they're plentiful and just the right amount of spice. And then my, my dad, uh, before he passed, um, he, uh, gave me some seeds and they are, um, I think they're called black pearl seeds, um, black pearl peppers, and they grow at the top of the, the plant. Um, so they're, they, they kind of pop at the top. And, um, I had a kind, the first year I uh, grew it, they had like black leaves, like a purple, um, a purple uh, fruit. And then I grew it next to some just generic Lowe's, like cayenne peppers, and they crossbreeded. So the next year we had, um, we called them black cayennes, but they were, they grew like little sharp chilies. And I'm just going to grow that every year. And that's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, this will be like the fourth generation of that next year. So I'm into that's all that. We're into that Horticulture, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my boring ass <laughs> planting boring. story. No, we boring. love, we love gardening over here. In fact, no, it's true. Christmas, Aubrey got me gardening tools that say Dr. Hamlet's garden on them. True. And Ooh. I did. I got her some Fucking monogrammed. Stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna plant some shit. Y'all don't even know how much shit I'm gonna plant. (laughs) What's your favorite plant? What's your What's your favorite vegetable or thing to put in the earth? I really like to grow potatoes. Big fan. Big fan of potatoes. Also, corn and cucumbers. Those are Those are my jam. So. What is it about potatoes? I just heard that yesterday from my from from my wife Kelly. Like, what it, it's just what is it? She's like, I well, love growing. She said the same thing. First <laughs> of all, potatoes are delicious, <laughs> and okay. second okay. of all, they're like really so. the The way that you have to handle them in the garden is you plant them, and then instead of growing like down into the garden, you have to keep piling dirt on top of them mm-hmm. because they sort of grow up. Right. Um, and so it's it's fun. And then like if you've ever dug up a potato that you grew with your own two hands, it's just ugh, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. So yeah, my hope for 2022 is that I have the room to grow potatoes again. I got a couple of those potato containers on Amazon yeah. that you can they're like cylindrical, like a foot wide mm-hmm. or so, and you just keep filling them. And then they have little um like pockets at the bottom that kind of look like butt flaps on long johns. Oh, sure. Like little doors. And you, you can open them up. Yeah, you can open yeah. them up so you can have access to the potatoes at the bottom. Um, nice. I have those. I'm going to try. 
I, I have to rehab a lot in my garden this year, yeah. but I'm going to try those this year. I'm trying yeah. to go. If you need help, neighbor, let me know. I will. I, I, yep. I am already telling you right now I need help. So. <laughs> you heard it first. <laughs> Thank you. This week on the Hurley Burley Gardening Show, <laughs> it's, it's potatoes. Yep. <laughs> The greatest I mean, potato of them all, Prince Hal. Sidebar, like <laughs> let's let's actually start a gardening podcast though. Um, I mean, maybe. Anyway, sure. yeah, <laughs> Prince Hal. He's a uh, he's a character. Do I get a fanfare? Place. Where's my fanfare? Oh, we'll do it in post. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what kind of fanfare? Come do you on! Want? I came on this show. All I asked for was a fanfare. That's all I asked for, and I don't get. Oh, there, there. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, I'm my uh, kazoo was not within arm's reach, which is really yeah. unusual for me. Where the fuck is your kazoo? It's over off? there in that Jesus. bag, but I couldn't get up fast enough, and I'm attached by headphones. I wouldn't be able to make it. Billy, pass me my pacifier, please. Oh, excuse. Was that was I on for? Sorry, y'all didn't hear that. Excuse me. So. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> the prince is ready. He's great <gasps> excellent <sighs> where do Your we questions. begin uh yeah sure we've got some questions but like feel free to you know diverge any which away um because mm. we love a diversion and a good rabbit hole um yeah. everywhere except our gardens which rabbit holes are not acceptable there no mm -mm. Mm -mm. um although i do holes. have a, a neighbor named cheese and cheese is a rabbit my neighbor lets cheese run around and cheese is a gray rabbit he might as well be a hare. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, anyway, another, another story for the gardening <laughs> segment. Sorry, I keep, I keep deterring, but we could talk about this all day. Okay. But. We, could. <laughs> we come for the Shakespeare, stay for the gardening. Excellent. Mm -hmm. We love it. Um, so, so talk to us about, about your journey playing mm -hmm. Hal and Henry over the three plays. I mean, first of all, it is kind of exciting to note that you are the, what, first only african-american male in the american theater scene who has done this arc is that right really yeah yeah, yeah. ever um, that um, is both very cool and horrifically upsetting yep yep the the latter <laughs> is is what what is what bothered me the whole track is like yeah you mean to tell me james earl jones hasn't yeah. played this person or right? you know through, denzel through or denzel somebody yeah. lee anybody but it was um, you yeah, it's me. It's me. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I, you know, I came in my first season like guns a blazing and and was just thankful for the first season. Um, I had heard about this thing called Ren season and didn't know what the hell it was. It was directorless, apparently. And that's as an equity actor at the time I was like, what? I, I need a director and I need, I need to, you know, I, I need somebody to be in charge of the decisions on stage. And why would you ever let, why I'm, I've never been allowed to, to claim a space except at the classical theater of Harlem in, in New York. So like, why would I ever, <laughs> who would ever listen to me if I were to be in a run season? So it was a little pea-sized idea that was thrown across me. And then I saw part one was up. Hold on, let me look at my office. It's it's part one. Where is it? Part where'd it go? Part one. I think we had Man of Mode. Um, no, Man of Mode was during this the summer season. Anyway, it was part one without the acknowledgement of of it carrying on past um 
2019 Ren season, mm-hmm. I believe. So I just thought it was going to be part one. So I was like, cool. I love this story. I only know, I know you all, the speech. Yeah. I had no prior, um, you know, experience with it. And then I started reading the story and I automatically thought about like fathers and sons and like the disconnect between the two or, or even this, oh, are you reading? <laughs> are you? Re- <laughs> okay. I, I happen to have the program. She just happens to have the playbill. Right? Well, wow. I didn't realize I'd seen anything that season, but Ardena Faversham was the one that I saw. Ar- Arden of Faversham and we, uh, you know, and Page Takes Fun, which was the beginning of well, one of the, fr- yeah, it was the first mm-hmm. play of our SNC uh, program, right. Shakespeare's New Contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I right. thought what was interesting in that, just veering off for a little bit, because that's what I do, because I'm from Heathsville, like the Heath Bar. Ah, right. And um, <laughs> um, we ch- having an act- a living playwright in the room giving us pages during the Renaissance season was such a, I think that's probably what I would love to replicate in some ways. That's what Shakespeare would have done. You would have had a living playwright with no director in the room and mm-hmm. giving you pages on the minute, on the hour or whatnot. And you would be, you would be um, shaking it up every, you know, shaking it up every, you know, every day. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was a cool experience. Very anyway. similar to the documentary Shakespeare in Love. Mm. Oh yeah. This- <laughs> famous documentary very much like the, the documentary. very famous documentary <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like just um reading the story i got and i got enthralled with the fathers and sons and something i was going through it, i could understand it um uh very easily so i was like well i would love to put in for this role um thinking that i wouldn't get it and completely not even thinking about ren season and the conditions of that um the 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 og conditions of that so yeah when I when I do my research for plays, I always I have like a template that I call the pregame. So it has all of my, um, you know, all of my my tr- stuff from training and uh, how I my 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 version of the act an actor prepares essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on one of those first bullets is the production, uh, you know, research of the production. So I started looking at the productions and seeing no one that looked like me, like pure like I, I was like well what hold on hold on a second some like she would tell you for or you know uh, uh what's what's this adrian lesser someone has played this before or you know and then i started mm-hmm. getting interested in the the henry ad and i saw that no one had done it so i was like it's it's probably <laughs> important that i vie for this and try to be a part of this but also i connected to it um so over the course of the three plays I hate part two. I will say that I, yes! I, I do. I, I hate part two. Um, you know, like part one is about honor. It's about Hotspur. It's about how learning a bit of humility at the end, that kind of thing. And I think you get to part two and it's about Falstaff. You have like the, 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 the invisible character that is the crown that is plaguing, plagued us for many centuries. And then you don't really hear from Hal in part two. Um, I think what um, what's interesting is you hear from him on his father's deathbed and that's sort of this hybrid of a soliloquy, but it's not really to the audience. And I, and I, I, you know, again, going back to part one, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know, I, I incorporated the scar, um, how scar in there. 
um, just from the historical data of him of of how um, Henry V getting wounded in the in that battle, and mm -hmm. I was like, that's interesting. I've never seen anyone do that, so I was like, well, I'm just gonna give this given circumstance. Like he he has this thing on his face, and he's you know you see the historical data and the portraits of Henry, mm -hmm. who is like to the side. So he's had it, and you you see like the 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 recordings or the data of him not wanting to be seen or like <laughs> hiding you know hiding himself because he was insecure about that scar. Um, so I use I found that insecurity in part two, and I think um, I think you have him not showing up for the first what is it first couple acts or so, something like that. He's not seen for the first part. Um, and he shows up with points. Now we we staged it in part two where we're in a sauna, like or something. You know, we took the we opened the the we opened hell and made it a sauna or whatnot. Yeah, I remember and that. Yeah, I think I think he has a lot of reservation about being the king, and I think it comes. It, you know, I think he. You know, you have this cocky ass motherfucker in part one, and then he gets to this point where he's met his match, and. Um, I think he's really reevaluating in part two and people don't like it. You see part two often pr produced outside of the Henriette. And I think that is a problem. And I think you, there's a reason why he put these things together and they have to be told in conversation with um, each other. I think uh, going back to part one and I think, uh, uh, you know, you hear honor talked about a lot in part one and then you get to part two and honor is gone. Like there's no honor. There's nothing. There's nothing about. So it's it's like I always question what happens in part two about that because it it you know honor is all throughout part three or or AKA Henry five. You know what I'm saying? So you know I think he's he's re in part three he's reevaluating like what is earned honor, what is how is honor received that kind of thing, and I think he's he's always looking back to how his father got it, how his, you know what I'm saying? And I think he wants to, he wants to earn his place, claim his space differently than how it was done. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's sort of it. I, I just have a, I do have a problem with part two. So I will, I will start off prefacing that it's, it's a tough, it's what I'd say like Henry or Hal and probably Romeo are probably like the toughest lead characters or whatnot they're just put in a in a weird situation and they have to deal with they have to deal with the audience or in house case like you know not um i think the again another thing is like the soliloquy in in throughout the henry ad it's like it is always henry's it always it is always house journey but you get sidetracked by hotspur falstaff in part two and then you know it's all of a sudden his story again so yeah, that's sort of where I am with the trajectory over the three plays, and we can. I'm just waiting. There's an, <laughs> no, there's an ellipsis. Is, I'm just part two is rough, man. It's like it's really hard too to like to hear how like one of the longest speeches he's got is right at the end when he's basically dressing down and disowning Falstaff. Yeah. Um. Uh, I know you not, old man. Is that that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, regardless of how you feel about Falstaff for, like him. you said, for, for a character uh, who has, like you said, Carter, like not really been very present 
in the play up until like the last half you know yeah um for and and for him to have like two kind of major moments on stage the one where in his father's bedroom where he thinks you know his dad's dead um and then when he actually does die right like the re-emergence of the new king and the very first thing he does is like turn his back on the east cheap people uh, i think actors sleep on that i think actors sleep on the journey of that character a lot because you you know you're off stage you're prepping you're 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 you know you've but technically you've just come back from war you know you you you're worn that you're worn like you're you are a soldier that has gone through battle and almost died and you you know then you also have the weight of the crown and uh you know it's it's you know i i think people really they they don't do the text work and they don't do you know sorry i'm not like saying all oh, everyone doesn't do the text work but i think it's it's the most in, like one of the key things about working here and being in rep um, and working on Shakespeare 20, like 20, 365 days out of the year is that you recognize that the text directs and all of that stuff, all of those choices are in there. Like if you don't pick up on him being in, uh, on his insecurities in part two, then you, you're missing, you're missing the ball. I think that's my opinion and my bold ass statement. Um, that's why and, we brought you here for the hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was another thing in there. There's plenty of things, but yeah, let's 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 keep let's keep rapping. Let's keep rapping. Yeah. yeah. Doctor? I'm, well, so Doctors. it sounds to me <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I do not have. That's one title you, I don't have. No, you're doctor by association. We're Dr. <laughs> Famlet together. You're, you're, um so it sounds to me like you you might be saying that there's more to Hal than meets the eye and that there's a lot going on that perhaps some productions or some actors don't fully deliver on and that perhaps also these are these are harder things to pick up on when you're just reading the play is that does that sound yeah that that's 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 exactly what i'm that's what i'm saying and and again just to preface saying like i I appreciate there's there's a hundred thousand ways to do to to do a role and I like every production that I've seen which was a lot like I did a lot of research because I knew that I was probably Mm -hmm. the only one um and like yeah it's it's I respect it but it's also you have directors that are gatekeepers of what that looks like so you know you know like I'm you're, you're also fighting against you know, the, the, the norm, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. of what it is. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying essentially, which, okay. which you just said, yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think, so my, my problem with Hal, um, and with this very nuanced take on Hal, which I think is good and generous and I'm interested in, it's, it's hard for me to feel compassion or empathy or any kind of generous feelings towards this dickweed who you know is he is a dickweed in part one like he is um he's a spoiled freaking privileged little boy who just you know goes about and dickweeds all over the place you know um and i think that the root of my dislike for Hal in these plays is in part one, because I, there, there's very little that I find that is redeeming there. And he is so fucking privileged. He's a goddamn prince. Yeah. Like, suck it up, man. Yeah. 
I, I, uh, I think that we are not, um, I think we're on the same page with that because okay. that was another, um, you know, I'm a, I identify as a black, black, blackity black man, uh, in America. And like, I come from a blue collar family. So like, you know, I know my job as an actor is to, to jump into these circumstances and understand Mm -hmm. a a person, a character or whatnot, and and embody that on stage. And I think I've never played a person of privilege like that. And I, I think that was my biggest obstacle as well, because I, I initially hated him too. You know, and I think, you know, what I'm saying like, I think um, that was one of the first questions is why should why should the audience? Why should I as a practitioner care about him? And I think, again, it goes back to fathers and sons and it goes back yeah. to him having daddy issues. Like, I, I really <laughs> believe like I, I believe that Richard Richard raised him. I think when when um, when Henry was exiled, uh, Henry four or Henry four was exiled. Mm-hmm. I think Richard took care of him. And then once all that stuff happened and uh, Henry got the crown, I think that, you know, he held a grudge against his actual father about what he did. Then his father dies or then then he's learning. He's in the hood learning from Falstaff. And then he comes back out and his father dies. And then he asked the chief justice to like he like to kind of take on that role. And then you have um, Exeter and part and five like, you know, what I'm saying like he has some there's some issues there mm-hmm. that I like I that made me care about him and, and made me empathetic to him because he is going through it like any other teenager, any other kid like that. That's yeah. going through that. And that that's that's again, that's the text work. If you don't start in Richard the second. And, and get that information, then you won't pick it up in part one. And that's what I'm saying about actors and, and making sure in Shakespeare, in these histories, that you're going back to the beginning of the Lord of the Rings and, and tra- you know, like tracing it all the way through, because that's important for people to get the, get the three-dimensional nature of these characters. And that's what I learned the hard way too. Like, you know, you just have to do that extra work and that's gonna, right. what's going to make everything pop and make the story clear. And it's going to challenge, it's going to challenge the plays fundamentally of, again, those gatekeepers that think that how should be this dick, this thing, but no, mm-hmm. how is a person going through a, a, a certain thing in, in time? And I think we missed that. And I think directors too, I'm going to call out directors too. Like you have to go back and get that information. So yeah, that's, that's where, that's- yes. Yes and yes. That's really, really <laughs> fascinating. I've never come at it from that angle before. Yeah. Well, and you think yeah, too, like I'm, I'm and, coming around. Like, <laughs> come on around. And like, <laughs> Falstaff is one of those father figures too. And what's kind of terrible, and and sort of feeds into that selfishness, maybe, and the the privilege that we see of Hal. Like, Falstaff is a vice character, like plucked from you know, medieval morality, morality plays, place. right? And so he yeah. is the one encouraging, like, as you said, you know, when Hal's out here slumming it, right? Falstaff is the father figure kind of encouraging Hal to lean into a lot of those terrible instincts. Well, he's reckless. Like, that's that's yeah. what people are picking up on. And that's the, that's the attractive thing that an actor likes about Hal is you get to be this bad person, like, out there, like, doing this, this thing. Yeah. And it's like, why are you, why, are, why is he that way? <clears throat> Why is yeah. Falstaff a fallen knight? Why is, why, what does he see in Hal to make mm-hmm. him want, you know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. have to answer those questions that are, often aren't in Shakespeare. We're just cast as types. 
and right. recasts these things without answering those bigger questions. And that's why I think there's a fundamental problem in how we put Shakespeare on stage. And again, that's another thing, but I think oh, you have it. to answer no, those. No, no. <laughs> no yeah. but I'm saying like, you have to answer those questions. And it's, it's not about, um, we're, again, we're attracted to these, these ingenue types or these character types mm -hmm. without like, you know, I can't say that for all the, the people I've, I've no brilliant actors that tackle these in a very genuine way. And I, I, I think I know a lot that, I think that also the thing is that we cast too young. I think mm -hmm. you can't cast somebody out of of college in Romeo, even though Romeo or you know is is younger. You have to have somebody that really has processed that experience, or like even how like or Hamlet or whatnot. Like they have to have the time to process it and not just coming from that place, even though they're compelling or whatnot. Anyway, yeah. dot dot dot. Ellipses, yeah. ellipses. No, I see, I see what you're saying about, especially about young actors, like the, the trade-off that you get with an actually young actor filling a young person's role is that just sort of natural youth, right? That it yeah. dudes from them, but you don't get the, you don't get the hindsight 2020 youth is wasted on the young kind of yeah. old person, <laughs> like the older person's yeah. perspective being like, oh, I would this is how I would play young me or, you know what I mean? Right. Um, that sort of duality of being older, being able to see yourself in a younger character and then, and then come from it in a different way. That's fascinating. And also yeah. going to be very important for you in a way that I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Carter, do you want to tell her who you're playing this year? Yeah. I'm playing Romeo this year. <gasps> yeah. It's, it's scary because of the direct address. Um, and it's, it's a little scary. Oh, Leah's going to have a field day with you. It's going to be great. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little older for, I'm, I'm 34. I'm not too bad, but you know, it's like, I'm, I probably shouldn't be playing Romeo, but. But when, also like, Richard Burbage was close to 30 or in his thirties when he originated the part. So like, okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's true. Sorry, yeah. Jess, I interrupted you. What were you saying? I have no idea. Oh, when when is that going up? Because maybe I want to come see it. February. End as of long February as it's maybe. When it opens. Like, maybe it's better than nothing. Oh, I shit. Mean, like, now. Like, this is happening immediately. Yeah. 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 February through May, which is another reason for the casting is oh, we fuck. lost a lot of veterans. Still excited for you, though. <gasps> I am, too. I'm all excited right. for all of us. <laughs> to see this mess that's about to go on stage. This, <laughs> this messy Romeo. <laughs> Mm. Romeo is messy though. He is a bit He's of a, a messy, mess. messy bitch. He is. he is. So you like Romeo more than Hal? Yes, because I understand Romeo. I think, like, at least, what is that face, Aubrey? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, <laughs> like I. Okay, so the thing, like I, look, I got daddy issues too, because I'm a modern American woman. So yeah. like thinking about how acting out out of pain because of these daddy issues okay like now i can sort of click into that and that yeah. that gets me to a place with him that i've never gotten before but like i've been in love i know what it's fucking like to be able to just like you know uh you know if only i could be a glove so that i could touch her fucking face because she's so pretty <laughs> like i get that like that you know i was a teenager that's true Come that on. is a more relatable than like uh royalty am i right yeah, right yeah. <laughs> like like Romeo is also a privileged motherfucker. Let's My be rich clear. parents, am I right? But 
you know, yeah. I understand yeah. what it's like to swim around and just like riddled with hormones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've been there. I hear that. I was a teenager. More relatable. I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So, anyway. Huh. Yeah. So hell. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. back back to the other back to the other one. What do you love about the guy? Like we've talked about some of his pitfalls, his flaws. Um, but like, what do you what did you love about playing Hal and and getting to develop that that role over three? Plays? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I again. I I'll go back to to saying like the opportunity was rare to actually do the Henry ad and actually stick with the character and actually have a lot of time, like COVID in that sense was a blessing because I had the time to really like, you know, wade in those waters. I think when you have that opportunity, it's, it's great to find the the little nuggets like in upon the King, like when you actually have that time with the audience and, and, and Henry five after you're, you see a King that's driving to, I'd say driving to that moment, you know, really, really you earn that vulnerability. And I think, I think in particular with Henry, that was my favorite spot because you find something in it new every, every night and you stumble on something every night. And it's, it's, you know, I, I, I think that's where I learned in this Shakespeare journey of mine, like to appreciate the, uh, the nuggets and really like really be there in the moment with the audience and really, um, it really puts you, it really makes you present in a unique way that, that track, especially the folks that are follow have been, that were following it and seeing what I was going to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think I had, I saw a lot of, pe- I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing this fan, I think she's an MBU student, a Mary Baldwin university student. And um, she'd always sit on the gallant stools and we had this, this shirt that said hot spur sucks or sucketh. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. I she, remember that shirt. she, she, <laughs> She came one night to the performance of um, of uh, uh, part one, I think when we redid it right before we shut down for COVID when we had to film it. And she came there with a Hal Sucketh shirt and she was there on the, the stage <laughs> in the gallant stools. And she like, I handed her my, my uh, I handed her Hal's um, shield when, when it was knocked away. You know, it was, it was, and then I saw, I think I saw her in Henry five. I saw her in Henry five and part two as well. And just like connecting with her in a lot of things and seeing that she had changed over the course, like you actually like this King and that that's an honor being, you know, having that fourth wall broken is, is cool to, to see repeat, repeat customers or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, come in and and share that Mm -hmm. journey with you. So that, that's, that was cool as hell. I just, I don't know. I'll never lose that. I think us, you know, us shutting down again, I, I wanted more time with Henry five. Um, and I, you know, I think we had a normal run as far as like the industry standard, we had a normal run. So, yeah. you know, I had that time, but the run for ASC and the, the long, yeah. like, I wanted more time to unpack. And Can you give us a sense of like the, the actual timeline from when rehearsal started for part one to when you closed part five, like how much oh, time that was, was um, it a year? Was it two years? Was it nine years? How many years was it? So- so, it was like nine years with 2020 stretching years. out forever. Own it. <laughs> I accepted the contract and started research in November of 2018. Shit. And then I found out that I was doing, that we were doing it, that, do, that we were doing part two in February or March of 2019. 
and okay. then it's it's been to no what is it when did we shut down november october uh september september, september. of it was mid september yeah so so spring Shit for like three years yeah mm-hmm. three years and a lot of shows in between and, <gasps> and you know a lot of you know a lot of stuff that has happened in the world in between so yeah yeah Damn. that's a long time to be with the character generally you have mm-hmm. like a year or something like that but again i you know I needed to, that's, the, that's probably another reason. I'm not saying like I would have left the ASC if I didn't, you know, if I didn't <laughs> know, but I think that was another reason for me sticking on because I knew, I knew that if there were kids following me and kids that looked like me in that audience, like I didn't, I really didn't want to let them down. And I, and I'm not trying to be like, Oh, you know, put myself on a pedestal, but I, I really take that seriously. And I think um, yeah. I saw even, I saw even more, folks of color in the audience in Henry V than I've ever seen mm-hmm. in this space. And and that that to me is an achievement. No one has Absolutely. to know, you know what I'm saying? Like no one has to know that I did this thing, but I know for a fact that I'm some little um, white, black, brown, uh, 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 queer kids first Henry. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah. I'm their first Henry and that's, that's important. That's the important thing that this outlives all of us. So um, yeah. Three three years and some change. That's wild. It's yeah. a long time to spend with one character. It's a long time to spend with anything. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. How much time I spent on my dissertation. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a long I'm, fraught relationship. I'm surprised I remember all this stuff about I was I was uh worried about coming on here and being like, I don't remember any of this shit. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Why well, I don't I hope I I hope I can remember some of the stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I'm glad you didn't like delete permanently the files from right, your memory. Right. That's good. Well, it was. T- I mean, to be it was three years of of an experience that all of yeah. us. You know, it's just a. It was a rough three uh, two years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, outside of productions, outside of Hal, outside of a lot of that, it's just been a tough time. I have one last question yeah. before we sort of like move on and get the fuck out of here yeah. um do you see hal as one character or three separate characters or two mm. separate characters or how do you how do you how do you hal slash henry i think that in the i think he's like the he's even a better actor than hamlet like he he has to embody these roles to especially in part one you see him like uh I can't even think of the the servant's name um, with Francis Francis like he 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 does oh, all yes. these things to, to yeah he's like currently teaching folks throughout and he's inhabiting these different characters and then you get into part two and he's playing this thing for his father that he's Mm -hmm. not sure he's ready for until his deathbed. And he has to say, this is my filial duty. Like this, Mm -hmm. like I understand that, you know, I have to do this because I'm your son, but I don't want to do it or whatnot. It's just like obligate, like that thing. And then he's playing, he's playing a role that, that Mm -hmm. all of us as leaders have to do like in Henry five, like, and then you actually get to see this, like you see this perfect King, this like person that's grown so much. Again, there's not been a lot of time in between, in my mind, part two and and Henry V, mm-hmm. um, which keeps the urgency, but like he's playing the king. And then you see like he's scared just like all of us and upon the king, that that um um that soliloquy. And I think you almost believe that he doesn't 
Like if it's, I think if it's done, if the story's told right, like up to that point, and that's the scary yeah. thing about it is that he's become this machine, but he's playing a character. He's playing that he's he's the best actor. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it's not the dis, the distinguish, not necessarily between how how or in Harry whatever Harry of Monmouth and Henry Five. It's it's that he's the best actor. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the thing is, is like you know, all these characters are better than us you know they they're whatever but or worse than us but mm. i think um the thing with the distinction between him and hamlet is that um hamlet's circumstances paralyze him and he has to jump over i think you don't ever see Hal's circumstances paralyze him mm. i think it, it i think it like stomps he just he's a he's still like forward moving like mm-hmm. like anyway. i'm gonna plow ahead and maybe this choice is good maybe it's not but i'm gonna keep moving Right. And yeah. he fucks up. He, excuse me. He fucks up in, in five. Like, you know, he he kills off like he has questionable things in, in five that, you know, I, I just but he's doing it for I would say like I'm keeping it vague for a reason, but like he's doing it for like for the crown. Like he's he's he is learning that um, his personal feelings, his his personal feelings can't get in the way of the nation. He has a bigger responsibility. And and, you know, I think you have to make those tough decisions and people that are considered his friend and stuff like that. Like he's, his friend's still fucked up, <laughs> but he's now in this position to like, you know, like for, okay, here's the other thing. Now, now I'm going off. Okay. So here's the thing with, with Falstaff. When oh, he, the, fuck that guy. <laughs> when, yeah. When he rejected Falstaff, you plot it through. I want y'all to go through and find those moments. He gave him an opportunity to be a knight or or an officer, he gave him the opportunity, and he, he fucks Hal over. And how that yep. to me yep. is not a big. That is not the biggest. Um, people are like, oh, he rejects Falstaff. Like that's the biggest thing in the in the the Henry ad. It's like, oh man, he's the best character, and he gets killed. You know, whatever. No, that's Falstaff's fault. And I think I think I'm probably preaching to the choir, but like there are particular instances where he's trying to bring Falstaff along Mm -hmm. and there's particular instances, like when he renounces Falstaff, he's also giving an example to everybody that's been in the bar, which leads to Henry five. Like he told, I told you, he's like, I told you. So like, what do you expect me to do? I bring you along and then you like, then you, you still do the same shit you were doing. Like I told you, I have to do what I got to do. And it's so like, I don't know. That's that's the harsher version of that, but he, it is textual evidence that he gives everyone a chance. So, like, is he that bad? I don't think so. I think there are cuttings. I think there are versions that are told, and I don't think we actually stick to the the script that that um, the natural progression of what Shakespeare wrote. And I think that's a problem. And I think that's why we have haters like Doctor doctor over here <laughs> on Hal and Henry and, and as opposed to like you know <laughs> I mean you know. I mostly hate Falstaff I hate Falstaff a lot more than I hate Hal so he's trash. really does she hates he him. is trash he's lovable trash like I no. have a big soft spot for a vice character I really do I know they're trash but I kind of root for them anyway and I'm like yeah. What does that say about Aubrey? All kinds of things. <laughs> but like, we're we're diving deep in, in our psyches today. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. You know, we all got we all have our shit. But I mean, okay. <laughs> Can we perhaps all agree that a little touch of Harry in the night is like one of the grossest lines ever written? Can we agree on that at least? Can I tell you a story? <laughs> yes, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> 
so so we were doing uh we were <laughs> we were rent season so we don't i mean we are the we are in charge of the artistic product and we yeah. are the bosses in the room so when that line came on and you know you have the chorus saying that mm-hmm. every time i'd be at a different place in the playhouse and i'd be like there'd be like a little touch of hair in the night i'd be like yay yay <laughs> and the actor playing that would get so pissed off and everybody i mean we all loved it and there was this anticipation on opening night that i was going to continue to do it and i didn't do it the first night i didn't do it for our first preview or i didn't do it for our, our opening night i think i waited till later in the week and i like i just went i opened i cracked the door and i went yay yay and you had some audience members look over and the actor was so, I mean, so pissed. And it's, and it's like, those are, I mean, you can't even do those, 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 those fun things that, you know, in, in plays yeah. you used to, used to fuck around with the other actors. You, you can't do that anymore. But like I, we did it because we were the bosses. So it's a gross a, line. An, another, another thing in, in study, I worked at, in, in, um, in New York, going back to in, intro of Carter was born in Heathsville, Virginia, like the like the Heath bar. where Heath like, Heathsville? Yes, like the candy bar. Yes, like the candy bar. Okay, great. I love a Heath bar. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'll fuck with y'all. And, uh, um, no, I did drunk Shakespeare. So you are fun. <laughs> Yikes! Trashy, trashy Shakespeare. I loved it. It was body and brilliant. But the <laughs> other thing was, it, it's there is actually a drunk actor, but. The biggest thing that I learned as a Shakespearean actor, a Shakespearean actor, is is the the relationship between the groundlings and the actor, mm-hmm. and you yeah. actually have really like patrons that are fucked up, like out of their mind, falling over things, and you are using the language, you are using it to like quell them, you're using it to like to entertain them and keep them maintained and whatnot, and I think I think we forget about that that um that conflict with the language too like there, mm. there's just all things that these actors were working with and things that shakespeare put in there to protect us like that's our like d our deis in the language almost like <laughs> like it really like kind of uh protected us in a way Those so anyway backstops. that's another yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to throw it off no no, no i just want to get that in there we love it we love it shall we gossip a tiny bit and then get the hell out of here yeah all right so uh first thing uh that's up is uh the the new uh volume of um literature compass is out now uh it's a journal on literature Mm -hmm. um and it's a special edition on pre-modern critical race studies um which is extra extra cool because it includes both medieval and renaissance topics together which usually special issues on pcrs go with like one or the other um but this is both and um a couple of the articles come with teaching guides so like if you want to set them to you know your undergrads then it it has like a here's here's some activities you can do with this article in your class it is open access right now as of today which is the 5th of january 2022 we're going to throw a link up mm-hmm. um i'm going to say run don't walk because i don't actually know when this episode is coming out um the 10th and so the 10th is yeah. it okay well yep. yeah so but just like hurry because open access shit yep. won't be open access forever and it's awesome, awesome. correct yeah uh i so. think i saw dorothy kim's twitter thread on this mm-hmm. um and because she was one of the editors of it and yeah. uh, carter your friend dr david sterling brown is in this mm-hmm. yeah he's, he's yes. yeah and, he's and i think actually his of, piece is the teaching has has a, a teaching it, it, yes yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Love that DSP. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go find that. Um, Do it. So, sometimes in 201 episodes, we like to let you know like which theaters are doing the plays in question sometimes we do that um but there's no love for henry right now like everybody <laughs> want to do all's well or the tempest or both of those things sometimes romeo and juliet and that's kind of that's kind of it there's like no i couldn't find any listings anywhere of a theater doing any henry play henry five henry six henry four henry the eighth none of them nobody gives a shit about henry right now well no one gives a shit about henry the eighth ever because that play is no, that's, trash that's terrible it's a really bad play <laughs> really bad that no <sighs> no one is crying because henry the eighth is not appearing on the regional theater scene this year it's fine um so usually we would do that in the gossip section but i don't have anything right that now uh, mr carter yes do you have anything you would like to share with the class i mean given that you know this episode will air on a rather important day oh yeah what? um yeah i'm i'm uh i am officially the um the um, artistic director of the American Shakespeare Center as of hey. January 1, 2022. That's amazing. And Yay. Yeah. Yeah. More on that, but that's, that's what's happening now and I'm catching up and mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a, it's a hell of an honor. It's a lot of, a lot of work to do in, uh, you know, post COVID. Well, I can't say post COVID anymore, but like <laughs> I would say a post COVID theater you know, right. like mm-hmm. moving into that place, it's it's just going to be a lot of work for all of us. And Aubrey here is joining us on that team, so you know, I, I we're we're in good hands, and I think we're doing it laterally, which is you know, you hear a lot of folks say that, but I you know, you I, I'm hearing from a lot of actors, you know, being an actor and being an artistic administrator this year, you get to hear more of the tea, and it's like you have people at other places that are saying, yeah, that's just a front. They're not doing that. They're not doing what their, their, their anti-racist statement isn't right. But, you know, we have a, being that we stayed on um, for so long and did all of this work, everything was exposed that we needed to address, I guess. And I think that actually gave us a leg up on really implement, like we were really broken down. Like, I mean, the foundation was cracked and we get to get in there and really, like, really create a new, um, a new way forward, I guess. So yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to doing that with my crew and you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's nice now, but I feel like there's going to be, you know, we're going to, we're going to butt heads in a good way and in a healthy way. And I think that's, what's going to be good for like bringing the ASC spirit back. I think the spirit has been, you know, it's been dimmed a little bit. So I think that's our job right now, at least for this term. Um, and then whoever is next after me, I'm gonna pass that torch real quick because you know it's <laughs> that's what it should be. We sh- you should we shouldn't yeah. be sitting in these seats for a long time. That's that's how you keep things moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited for it, and y'all are the first. That's right. So, we are. This is our first scoop, Jess. This is like ooh shit. This is the first time the Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show has been able to have a scoop. break some news yeah kind of because we're going to air this episode on the same day that we're that it's kind of going out in our mass media anyway um from through company marketing so like well yay maybe breaking some headlines i you know i'll tell you this 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 is the this is the most uh insulted and and warmed (laughs) and and warm feeling (laughs) place i've ever been interviewed at and i i'm like honored to be here and i i just i anytime you want me to come on i i'd love to join you um you know it's it's just, for more insults yeah it's bittersweet <laughs> but i love it 
<laughs> I love it. It's great. But That's what we do. That's what we do. We think, break down our I guests think, yeah. to build them back it's called, up. You know, it's <laughs> called negging. <laughs> yeah. Favored, favored tactic of pickup artists everywhere. Yes. <laughs> well, it gets to the work. Like it, it gets to yeah. the deeper stuff and I appreciate it. Like I really do. Y'all have a good thing going on here and I, I appreciate you letting me join it and be a part of it because I'm all about getting in there and getting messy, you know, getting some mud on that. That's a different episode. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry y'all. Sorry. Uh, we love getting messy with you. It's great. Delighted. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely delightful. Delighted. Um, and on a personal note, I am very excited to be on the so-called crew. Um, and it's an honor to be in the mess with you. I'm very excited about it. So Let's rock and roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, is there any other industry gossip that you just want to air now? No, I'm kidding. Um, although not really. <laughs> if there's anything cool going on, other things that you yeah. want to promote, you know, say so now. Um, uh, no, I mean... Just generally, like, you know, there are a lot of initiatives at the theater, at the, in theaters. Like, if you are listening to this podcast, I would say, like, if you are going to a theater, you have to hold that theater accountable for, you know, you know, have, do they have a land acknowledgement? Do they, you know, what's their anti-racist statement? Like, like, take the agency and challenge these places, even if it's us. Like, if there's something that we don't know, like, like, let us know. I think it's your job, especially as a, as a, um, as a donor, you know, you buy a ticket, you become a donor, you buy, you know, merchandise, you become a donor. So like, you have to hold them accountable and hold us accountable because you are investing your, your money in us to dream. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's your dream too. So like, just keep us, you know, keep us honest, keep all, keep the American theater honest. And especially in Shakespeare, if you hear a word, if you like, you hear a word that, you know, in the text that hasn't been addressed, there's no context behind it. If there's no, like, if it doesn't make sense in the production, like, why did you say this word this way? Like, send an email. Like, I think that's where we are right now. And I think if we don't, the theater will die. And I think um, that's just the, the sad fact of it. The sooner we get on that, the, the sooner we will get back to a theater that, that is recognizable, um, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But like... Um, right now it's about the work and people shouldn't have to fight for their humanity in the arts, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. we, we should I mean, be modeling have to fight for their humanity, but yeah. Yeah. But like in the arts, we should be modeling yeah. what it looks, you know, and it's, it's yeah. like, it's the opposite. So like, you know, yeah. something's wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, every high school theater department is where the kids go who don't feel like they belong anywhere else. And then when it becomes right. professional, that changes and that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. you know yeah. my theater department raised me as a kid yes i that's why i am the way i am thanks jenny newton thanks to all the theater departments out there because i was one of those kids shit like yeah yeah hell yeah, yeah. I was for sure one of those kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, I can't think of a better way to end the episode than on like an amazing call to action. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Carter, for joining us because you're a goddamn delight. Anytime yeah. you want to come back, you are always welcome. Um, we hope our listeners leave this podcast more informed than when they started. Yeah. Uh, tune in next time. Uh, I think we're doing Love Slavers Lost 201. Sure, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's what's on the schedule, but like we're we're figuring out some guest issues and some scheduling issues. So right. uh, it's probably love labors, but also it might not be. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, sounds yeah. right. Tune in next time anyway. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Talk about a boring play. 
Hey! Hot takes. <laughs> I love kill sheep. Come on. <laughs> that monologue, I, I, for Barone, I just feel sorry for anyone that has to go through that thing. Oh, you be careful now. I love now. kill sheep. <laughs> it's just, such a great line. You say something like that, Carter. I feel me. like you've just cursed yourself to someday in your future play that role because you're like, I, I feel sorry it. for any jackass who's had to do that. I've played Barone. Uh huh. Yeah. I think you're doomed to do it again. I feel like yeah. I feel like you've just jinxed yourself. <laughs> and or be killed by a sheep. And or kill sheep. So. Let's talk about the sonnets in there. That's that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a yeah, that's a lovely okay. conversation. <laughs> well, <Level one>. Yeah. <laughs> Wham it out, y'all. Wham it out. The Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show is produced and edited by Aubrey Whitlock and Jess Hamlet. If you enjoyed our podcast, Please tell your friends, rate us, leave a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. For show notes and other stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can get in touch with us by emailing holla, H-O-L-L-A, at hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can also find us at hurlyburlyshakes on Instagram. Or at hurlyburlyshake, no S, on Twitter. The land on which I live and work, colonially known as Stanton, Virginia, is the unceded territory of the Monacan Confederation of Nations, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. The traditional custodians of the land on which I live are the Lenape Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Learn about where you live at native-land.ca. Get involved at ndncollective.org and find out more about the Land Back campaign at landback.org. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that one out. In inside how and you understand him better? Yes. That's a, like a tauntaun. That's hot. Yes. Yeah. That's like a tauntaun, not yes, not in a sexy sure. way, That's in like a tauntaun way. way. No, in like a survival on Hoth kind of way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>